we thank you that you do reign above it all. In every season, in every moment, you're in charge. You're taking care of us. You love us. You have a purpose for our lives. And Lord, I pray in this time that we've set aside to meet with you, to worship you, to connect together, to have fellowship and to hear your word. I pray that you would speak to us clearly today, that you'd encourage us and challenge us, that you would grow us and form us as your disciples, Lord God. Help us to become your people, Lord God, to grow as you're calling us to grow, to build, to build the lives you're calling us to build, I pray. And we thank you that this is a building year and that you're building us. And we pray for your word today to build our faith and to build our lives in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated this morning. Give someone a wink and take your seat this morning. Great to be in church together today. And uh, I know that Tim didn't have the courage to give a sports report. But I just want to remind all the Parramatta Eels fans that they lost again this week. That's three in a row. Newcastle Knights, let's not speak about those. They also lost. But I have a good sports report for you this morning. Under nines, soccer team, Blacksland FC, co-coached by Tim, myself, Dave Goldsmith. We got the win this week, 5-3. Come on. I know you, you don't count the scores at this age, they say. You don't count the scores, but we count the scores. It still matters to us. And so here we go, 5-3. It was just a trial game, but it still matters. So here we are. We're ready to kick off the season. Praise God. Well, we're up to uh, Ephesians chapter 5 this week. And uh, we've been going through the book of Ephesians. And we're going to split up Ephesians chapter 5 into two parts. And so this first part I'm going to speak about this morning. And I'm going to do a message entitled, Living in the Light. And then next week, uh, we're going to have a great um, service. And we're going to be speaking about relationships. We're going to be talking about husband and wife relationships. We're going to be talking about uh, relationships with our children. We're going to be talking about relationships in our employment scenarios, in our work scenarios as well, and the importance of relationship and building healthy relationships the way that God wants us to build. And then the following week, we're going to be talking about the armor of God. And I know Rob Badman's ready with a great message about the armor of God and really helping us understand the armor of God and what it means to put that on. So like I, like I said last week, we're not running around like Christian streakers with just the helmet of salvation on and nothing else. And so it's going to be great these, these next couple of weeks and I'm really believing that it's going to help build you. And the whole idea behind this book of Ephesians is that it's building us. It's a church that, it, it's a book that's building the church. It's a, it's a book that's building our lives in every area and not just... Um, confined to the dimension of our Sunday services, but how does faith look in our families? How does faith look like when it comes to our prayer life? How does faith look like when it comes to walking out this thing called salvation that we've received and living differently because of it? And I love the book of Ephesians because it gives us practical insights on how to do that. And so today, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 to 20 is where we're going to be looking and we're speaking about living in the light. Now, Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 12, he says this, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, 
but will have the light of life. So here we have, have Jesus proclaiming that he is the light of the world. In a dark world where there is no hope, Jesus has come and bring life and hope and direction for all of us to be able to follow in our lives. And so the key for us as believers in Jesus is to follow that light, to follow Jesus. We are invited to be followers of Jesus. And that means following His direction, following His leading and following the light that He has given us. But the beautiful thing is that we, we, we see in the Gospels that Jesus is not only the light of the world, but and, and He declares that, but then He speaks and He declares to us, Jesus speaking again in Matthew chapter 5, and He says in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 5, after saying that He's the light of the world in John 8, now in Matthew He's saying, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one's light lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So now, not only have we seen Jesus as the light of the world, we've been instructed and we've been encouraged and implored that we also are the light of the world. So there should be something about our lives where we shine the light of Jesus, where we reflect the light of Jesus into a dark world. So not only is there something different about Jesus, but there is something different about us, that our lives look different. And I think the challenge for us as believers today is to not to fall into the traps of the culture that we live in, but actually understand we are actually called to be different. If you're the same as everybody else, why would they want what you have? If you're living the same way as them and just putting on a Christian t-shirt that says Jesus, but you look just like them, what's attractive about that? There is nothing attractive about that. The beauty of the gospel is that we're actually called to be different, to be transformed, to be who God's called us to be. See, when you're saved, you are born again. And you don't do much to, to, to do that. Apart from accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's not much that you offer to the equation. You are converted and you are what's called born again. You start anew. You're a new creation in Christ. But then when it says in Matthew, it talks about go out and make disciples. It talks about not, you're not, not just born, you just didn't do nothing, but now you are being made as disciples of Jesus Christ. That means there's something that you start to do. You start to develop and grow. You're no longer just an infant just been, that's been born, but you're growing to live in the light of Christ. You're growing to transform and to become who God's called you to be, to, 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 to be developing as believers in Jesus Christ. So four encouragements to live in the light. I'm losing my voice after yelling at all of the kids yesterday uh, from the sideline. <clears throat> First point is this, number one, I get too passionate. Let God's love fill you. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says this, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. 
I love that thought there that we are called to imitate Christ. That we're called to be like our Heavenly Father. Just like a child imitates their parents, we are called to do the same. We noticed the other day that um, there's this saying that Amy has just before we are about to go out. And um, we noticed that Hudson, whenever he gets a sense that we're about to go out, he will run to the front door or someone's about to go out and he's perhaps not going out. Um, Our 14-month-old will run to the front door in hopes that he's going to be the chosen one to go out as well. And so he'll run to that front door with so much passion and he'll get there and he'll be waiting at that door. But what we've noticed is there's this phrase that Amy always says before we're about to go out. She says, alrighty then, which is a weird thing to say, but she always goes, alrighty then, and then proceeds to say, alright, I'm going to head out now, which is a kind of a funny thing to do, right? But now we've realized whenever she says, alrighty then, Hudson runs to the front door, (laughs) and so he's waiting to go. And I think about those little things that children pick up being around their parents, And it should be the same way with us, with our Heavenly Father. That there there are the small things, the still small voice, the mannerisms, the way that God lived, the way that the gospel shares about Jesus, that He came to serve and that He brought life and hope to the world that was around Him. And the way that Jesus lived, it should transform us. Because like it says here in this passage, we're called to imitate Christ. We're called to become like Christ. A few weeks ago, I spoke about this illustration here where our lives are like this glass of water and somewhere along the way we can get filled with a whole bunch of stuff that can bog us down. I don't know what this stuff is but I just found it in the kitchen and so amazing what you can find in the church kitchen but I'm sure people know what it is but anyway I'm sorry if someone owns this as well. Um, But our lives can get filled with a whole bunch of things like offence hurt, uh, bitterness, uh, unforgiveness. Our lives start off clean as we're born again, we're a new creation in Christ, but as we all know, in our humanity, we can get bogged down with things. And all these things can start to fill our lives. And what happens is they start to live at the surface of our lives. You know what it's like when you're hurt deep down and you react out of that hurt. We've all done it. You know what it's like when you are bitter about something or you're jealous or there's frustration that has risen to the surface of your life. And it's evident to you, but it's also evident to everybody else that's around. But I love what it says in this passage that it says... Imitate God uh, because you are His dear children. But then it says, live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ. So although some of these things can sometimes get in our lives, we are reminded in Ephesians, if you want to build the kind of life God wants you to have, the kind of effective life that He wants you to have, the mature life as a a disciple of Jesus, then we need to continue to refill our lives with the love of Jesus Christ, which some of those things then start to pour out of our lives as we refill again. And those things like those bitterness and hurts and those things that can sometimes come to the surface as we just keep filling our life with the love of Christ, reminded how Jesus loves us and cares for us, all of a sudden those things that are sometimes at the surface start to flow away. 
And we can spend so much time trying to stop this and trying to stop that. Can I encourage you? Start realizing how loved by God you are. Start realizing that the love of Christ is for you and let it pour into your life. Start reminding yourself again of the promises of God that fill your life so much that when you're reminding yourself of that, you live with confidence. You live with hope. You live with an understanding that I am a child of God. I'm loved by Him. I'm called by God. I'm purposed by God. And those things that can sometimes weigh you down, there's no more room for them. When you continue to fill your life with love, it's hard to be offended. When you continue to fill your life with the love of Christ, it's hard to stay bitter and angry and frustrated because God's love just starts to soak every area of our lives and bring transformation. And here's the challenge that we would then become people that are a fountain to others and not a drain. You know what it's like when you're around somebody that just drains the life out of you. It feels like any kind of love that you have, they enter the room and it just, they just take it all. Let's not be those people. Let's be those people that are the light of the world, that bring strength to others, that are a fountain of God's love, that are pouring into other people with encouragement. It matters what is on the inside of you. It matters. I remember a few years ago, going to someone's place for dinner and uh, they said to me, we're going to have lasagna tonight for dinner. And who loves lasagna? I mean, look, you can never go wrong with lasagna. I'm, I'm a little bit of a picky eater. I'm a, I'm a pretty simple eater. Um, but I'm like, lasagna, I can't go wrong tonight. This is fantastic. I'm, I'm up for lasagna. And so I, I'm like, yeah, this is great. Anyway, I get the lasagna on my plate. I start to dig into it. And I'm like, hold on a second. This isn't the substance of lasagna. And, and, I, and I'm standing and they're like, and then they say to me, oh, it's vegetable lasagna. I'm like, what kind of evil is this? I'm like, get behind me, Satan. I started trying to cast it out. And I'm like, what's going on here? I've never in my life heard of vegetable lasagna. Why would you wreck a good meal by trying to put vegetables in it, people? I'm like, this is crazy. It looked great on the surface, but what was inside was corrupt. I think our lives can be like that sometimes. We can come to church, we can present well in front of others, we can have all the surface level looking good, but you know what? It matters what is on the inside. It matters what God is doing inside of us, in our daily lives, in our quiet times, in our times where it's just you and God. It matters. It matters. It matters more, to be honest, if I could say this boldly, it matters more than just our Sunday service life. Actually, we are changed from the inside out. Our Sunday services are a celebration. They're an honoring God moment, but it's what God is doing on the inside of us that really matters. What you fill your life with will flow from your life. All right, number two this morning. I was going to drink out of that water, but I won't. Number two, let go of lusts of the flesh. Here it is, Ephesians 5 verse 3. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Pretty strong language here. Obscene stories, foolish talk and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, 
Let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in, the thing, or in these things these people do. Very, very strong language. And I like that it's strong because it's clear. It's a reminder to us that our lives should not look like that. That we're called out from that. We're called out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And therefore, our lives look different. These things that we see in our world, which are really a picture of our world today, are things that we should come out from. That we should be different. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. So these actions and these attitudes and these behaviors are not befitting of us. You know, you've heard it said about a football team, like when they're playing well, when they're dropping the ball, when they're doing all these things they shouldn't be doing, they're like, oh, this isn't worthy of a first grade team. And we're all like experts of that. And it's like, that's what God's saying here in this passage. Hey, that's not worthy of the behavior of my church. That's not how I want you to live. And not only just because I'm just trying to create a boundary line because these things are bad, I'm actually trying to protect you because they're going to cause pain and hurt not only to you but to those that are around you. And I, I actually love the language here where it says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins because I think there can be a temptation where, well, ah, I'm saved by grace but it's not a sloppy grace and it's not a feeling of going, hey, listen, oh, yeah, yeah, let's just laugh it off. Let's just joke it off. It's saying, God's being very serious here in saying, hey, this is not who I want you to be. This is not who I want my church to be. I want you to be different. I want you to let go of those things. And I love how he replaces those things by saying, hey, instead of foolish talk, coarse jokes, um, obscene stories, how about this one? Thankfulness to God. So instead of just trying to fight the old, replace it with the new. Someone once said this, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. I read this through the week. Think of a prisoner who is released from prison, prison, but still wears his prison clothes and acts like a prisoner and not as a free man. The first thing you tell that prisoner to do is to put on some new clothes. And that's what God's saying in this passage. Hey, let go of that. Throw that off. Put on the new. You're a new creation in Christ. You're called to be different. You've got new behavior. You've got new language. You've got new habits. You're different. Yes, you're not perfect. And I'm not perfect. By the grace of God, go all of us. And we will make mistakes. That is a guarantee. You will make mistakes. I will make mistakes. That's all understood. But on the whole, God's saying, hey, step into the new life. Be different. Act different. Be who God's calling you to be. See, we live in a generation that often lives their faith through the lens of their feelings. Have you ever thought about that? If your faith always lived through the lens of your feelings, there's not a lot that you would do for God. Because most of our Christian experience 
is going against the grain, which means going against how you feel. It doesn't make sense to share your faith to someone at the risk of being ridiculed or laughed at or mocked because that would not be comfortable. That wouldn't make me feel good. But yet the gospel says to go out into all the world and make disciples. Think about worship. Sometimes we come in to worship Jesus and we don't feel like lifting our hands. We don't feel like singing. We don't feel like clapping our hands. We don't feel like engaging in the worship. And I don't feel it. And you hear people say, oh, I didn't really enjoy the worship today. It's like, well, that's okay because it wasn't for you. It was for Jesus. And I think in our humanity, we can all have moments like that. I'm not, I'm not just trying to mock you and say, I haven't felt like that at times either. We've all felt like that. But what I'm saying is, there's moments where we rise above our feelings and say, hey, listen, Jesus is worthy to be honored. Jesus is worthy to be lifted up and to be praised. What about our prayer life? There's often times we don't feel like praying. And when you're praying, it feels like there's nothing happening. It feels like it's dead. But prayer is always, as the Bible tells us, powerful and effective. What about the Word? Sometimes you're reading the Word and it feels like, I'm not getting as much out of it today. But can I say this? The Word is nourishing you. It's feeding you even when you don't feel like it. Can I take it to an extreme this morning? What about the disciples? I'm sure they didn't feel like being martyred for their faith. They didn't get up that day and I'm feeling it today. I'm feeling getting martyred today. I'm feeling getting whipped and beaten for my faith today. They didn't feel it. They faithed it. They did it by faith in Jesus. I'm taking it to an extreme this morning. But what I'm saying is that if we live our lives through the lens of just how we feel, we will never rise up to be who God's called us to be. In fact, our feelings are only going to lead us to our lusts of the flesh to comfort, to security, to what makes me feel good. But faith and sacrifice and living for Jesus as a mature disciple of, of Christ flips that and says, hey, it's no longer about me. It's actually all about others. It's about Jesus. And therefore, it changes the way I live and I think, and I live by faith and not by sight. I live by faith and not by feelings in Jesus' name. It's called a sacrifice of praise. Because sometimes we don't feel like it. And I think the encouragement for us is to continue in Christ to be strong disciples of Jesus. Number three this morning is this, let God's light transform you. Ephesians 5 verse 8, as we go back to our key text, says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You know, it's often said that light is the greatest disinfectant. 
the sunlight that comes down and shines on things to remove the germs and to be able to make things healthy and clean again. It's the same in our lives. We've got to understand the power of the light of Christ to transform our lives. What happens when we go outside in the sun? If you've got white skin like me, you get sunburnt and your white skin gets transformed, not to brown, it gets transformed to red. But ultimately, the sunlight will transform you. Think about what happens to a child when they have jaundice, that a newborn child, they're put under light to be able to bring health to their body, to be able to get rid of that jaundice and be able to help them. What does it take for a photograph film to be developed? It takes light. Light actually transforms. It does a work in us and transforms our life. In fact, it says in Scripture multiple times, it says it talks about the light. It says in Psalm 119, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 1 John 1 verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. So it's saying here that our lives are being transformed by the light. As we spend time in His light, as we get environments of light, as we spend time allowing God to work in our, our lives, it will bring a transformation to our minds, to our words, to our habits, to our actions. There will be a transformation that takes place as we live in the light. Here's the problem. Sometimes we put our hand up and say, listen, I'm in the kingdom of light. But we live completely in dark places. The encouragement to us is to allow that light, that light of Christ, to transform you. We can't just rely on the light of a Sunday service to be bright, to shine like we're called to live. You know what it's like when, you, when your kids come up to you with something like glow-in-the-dark stuff. Our kids have like these glow-in-the-dark skeleton pyjamas. And they're like, put the torch on it, put the torch on it, light it up. Because they want it to, to light up when you turn the light off so that it shines really bright. And I see a Sunday service is like that. It's like letting the light come on you. So that hopefully when we leave this place, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we are bright in a dark world. But also reading the Word is doing that. Also prayer is doing that. Also personal worship is doing that. Also fellowship with one another and connect groups. Also sharing our faith is doing that. It's ways that we are helping this light get out into a dark world. We want to make sure that we are allowing the transforming light of Christ. You know, I think about some of our missions partners. I think about 180TC that take young men and women in. To their program and over a 12-month period what do they do they saturate them with the light of christ and after 12 months they come out transformed not by a program but by the power of jesus christ think about compassion and now our, our sponsor children that we we all contribute to and we sponsor these beautiful children and the hope is that the light of christ would light them up so that they have dreams again they have hope again in Jesus Christ that they could do something powerful with their lives. That your generosity and your light would shine on them so that they would be lit up and their future would be bright. In Jesus' name.
Number four this morning and finally, let God's Spirit guide you. It says in Ephesians 5 verse 15, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What's He want you to do? Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this world, we need the leading of the Holy Spirit. There is so many distractions. There are so many ways your life could go. There's so much information you can be filled with. There's so much truth out there. We need the light of truth, the authority of Jesus Christ, the word which is the ultimate truth to light our way, to bring transformation to our lives, to help guide and lead us. The Bible says in Galatians 5.16, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. We need His guidance and direction on the daily every minute, every moment. One of the best prayers you can pray is, God, lead me today. God, guide me. Moment by moment, as you encounter a situation, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Just a simple prayer, a simple ask for the Holy Spirit to lead. As the team come, a few years ago, I remember um, going to a movie with my friend Curtis. And... um, we come out of the movie and it was absolutely pouring rain. Massive thunderstorm. I mean, that kind of torrential rain. And we looked up and we're like, it ain't going nowhere. It's about a 5K ride on our bikes back to my house. And I'm like, let's brave it. Let's go for it. And so we, we get on our bikes. I obviously know where my home is. And so I just take off. And Curtis is behind me, and I look back every now and again, I can see him. It's pouring rain, but I'm just flying through it. Whenever there's a break in traffic, I'm just, boom, cross the road, I'm through. I'm a danger to society and a danger to myself. And I'm just flying through, trying to make my way home. And I'm just going to get there as soon as possible. Anyway, I just fly home. I get home. I go through the back gate, go inside. I I go and and have a shower because I was freezing cold. Come out with my towel. I'm making myself a hot Milo. And then it just occurs to me, oh, there was somebody else that was riding home as well. My friend Curtis. And then I realize, oh, he hasn't come in yet. And so I walk out to the front and I see this guy right at the end of my street looking at the different directions of the road, trying to work out where is this guy's house? He's in the pouring rain. I'm in my comfortable, I now I'm in my comfortable pajamas. I've got my hot Milo at the front and I'm like, up this way, bud. And I'm like, here he is. He sees me and he comes up. And I was thinking about that, not only how bad of a friend I was, but how our lives can be like that in our thinking with God. Where we feel like, oh, I've lost sight of God, but can I just remind you, God is right in front of you. He's not gone out of sight. He doesn't go at a distance that's too far ahead of you. 
Although his ways are higher than our ways, although he lives so much higher than us, God has chosen to come near. And he wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. What did he call his disciples to? He called them to come and to follow him, to walk behind him, to adopt his way of life and his living, to be so close that you could see the mannerisms and the actions and hear the whispers of God. And that's the same invitation he's given you and I. He's not riding off ahead of us. He's right in front of us. And so this week, can I encourage you, be led by the Spirit of God. If you want to build a life that is a life of purpose, build a life just following the still small voice of Jesus. Follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. And as you do, He will lead you and guide you into where He wants you to be. Would you stand with me this morning? For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. And Lord, we pray for that this morning. We pray for what is good and right and true to transform our lives. Lord, we are your people, people of light. Lord, I pray, transform our minds and our thoughts, Lord God. Help us to speak how you want us to speak and act and be transformed from the inside out. Let your light do a work in us. Develop us, transform us, heal us, Lord God. Let that work of light, Lord God, be like disinfectant in our life and bring chains and and transformation, I pray. Lord, we want all that you have for us. We want to build the life of purpose that you've called us to live. And I pray, Lord, that we would be people of light in every single area of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. You know, I want to pray the sinner's prayer this morning. And it's a prayer where we are linking our lives with the light of Christ. We're receiving Him into our hearts and allowing that born-again experience to take place where we start this journey of living in the light. We move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And I always think it's important to give this opportunity because only God knows where you're at spiritually. We can all have a facade, but there's always a great opportunity to come back to God or to come to God for the first time. And this is a place of salvation. This is a place and a place where we want people to experience and connect with Jesus Christ. And so this morning, I'm going to pray this simple prayer. and I'm going to ask all of us as a church family, to repeat this prayer after me, to pray it. And together, let's accept Jesus into our hearts. And so I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. For my sins and mistakes, I'm sorry. I receive your love and forgiveness. Help me to live for you and to serve you only. To walk in the light. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Best decision you can make. If you made that decision today for the first time, I encourage you to come and talk to one of our team or just tell someone about it so they can encourage you in this decision and can encourage you in walking to know Jesus Christ and to live in relationship with Him. Hey, we're going to sing one more song this morning. We're going to finish with worshiping Jesus. There's something about worship that disinfects, 
that's the light of Christ, that reminds us that who we serve is the light of the world and does a transforming work in us. And there's something powerful about a sacrifice of praise. So no matter how you feel this morning, in this next one or two minutes, let's finish today. Let's just have a moment in our day where distractions aside, let's just give Jesus all the praise that he deserves in this place.